to show. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Ultimate's Podcast. And this week on the podcast, I'm going to welcome a new guest to the show, teammate, uh, MMA coach, badass grappler, and comeback king, Mr. Eli Adams. What's up, Eli? How you feeling, man? Hey, I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, thank you for making the time to do this. That I always say that when, when anyone comes on to the show, like you're giving me your time, so I appreciate it. So thank you. Of course, of course. Uh, so I want to kind of get into really like I know you on the mats, you know, yeah. like we grappled a couple times and it's like, OK, I, I know Eli. Right, you know? right. I see you on Instagram. So I was like, OK, I know Eli, but I don't know Eli. So I really just want to kind of get into your story of uh, grappling and, and MMA period, because I know you're an MMA guy, you're a striker. Mm hmm. I knew that when I when I grappled with you, I was like, "Yes, this is a, this is an MMA guy." Yeah, I'm go ahead and just like grapple this dude down, and then you went for an ankle lock. I was like, "Okay, <laughs> all right, I see. This is a little bit different." Yeah, but um, well, how long have you been uh, training? Um, training MMA specifically, jujitsu, Muay Thai for about four years now, only with Crazy Eighty Eight. Um, since day one. I came up doing other traditional martial arts. I did a little bit of Taekwondo and Karate as a kid. And uh, my dad has his own uh, Kung Fu gym in Colombia. So I grew up doing uh, Jiao Ga Kung Fu, more northern style. Um, that's kind of like what started my love for martial arts and kind of started my journey into this. Okay, cool, cool. Um, in going to 88, like what prompted you to, you know, check them out and, and just jump into those waters? Honestly, man, it, it started out with, um, you know, being at community college, I dropped out, wasn't really my thing. I played lacrosse in high school, kind of finding, missing that team camaraderie and having that routine of, and discipline, like I, I have to do X, Y, and Z in order to get to practice. And I need to make sure everything else is outside of practice is good. So I have a good practice, like just that mental stability almost. Right. Um, Started out just, you know, me and the guys sparring a little bit in the backyard and it, it, we kind of all fell in love with it. And uh, Caden actually found the gym first. And uh, he's like, bro, like I found this gym. You got to come check it out. And I just fell in love with it since then. Nice, nice. The, I always find that interesting, like how people get there. Mm -hmm. always, because I'm always fascinated, like why here? Right. Like, versus anywhere else. You know, not even just there, but like this sport. Yeah. Because... People who get into MMA and jiu-jitsu, from my experience with them, sometimes I just feel like we aren't tightly wound. So yeah. I'm always like, why are you doing this? So It definitely takes a special, special person to want to do what we do. Yeah. You know, and you don't really understand unless you're in it. Yeah, that's, I try to get my friends all the time, like, yo, come try it out, man. Come do this. Come do that. And they're like, mm. Yeah. It's not for everybody, but, you know, it's for you. It's it's definitely an amazing thing. Yeah. I try to, like, I'll try to do things with my friends that they want me to do. And I, I use that as like, okay, I did your thing. Right. Now you got to come train. <laughs> my uh, co-host for uh, the Colompton Beer Club, he, the, I think the thing that gets him is when I say, well, yeah, just come through and sign the waiver. He's like, whoa, what? what? Waiver, yeah. Sign a fucking <laughs> waiver? I was like, I mean, I come play volleyball with you. Of course, we don't got a waiver because, I mean, you know. Yeah. But 
if I get fucked up, I'm suing you. Yeah. Let's just know that. We boys. But, <laughs> like, there's a lawsuit if I, if I hurt my knee or my shoulder. Uh-huh. Um, so, with you being here specifically for four years, um, you know, what was that rise like for you, like just coming up in, in the gym, like, you know, day one you get in there, like what were those feelings like? Did you feel like, okay, you know, this is new, but I, you know, I, I guess I'm skin in the game in this martial arts thing. Like these guys can't hang with me or was it really just kind of like a humble walking, like, look, I'm here to learn, teach me. Yeah. It was definitely a humbling experience. I mean, especially like being on the MMA team, I, I grapple with high level amateur guys, spar with the pro guys and, you know, from day one, they always thought I would, I would get discouraged. I would get frustrated. I would leave practice like, damn, like, I just got my ass beat for like two hours. And then, you know, they would always tell me, like, you got to be the nail to be the hammer one day. And it's, it speaks truth. Yeah, that's that, that hammer nail analogy always gets me. Yeah. It's like sometimes you're the hammer, sometimes you're the nail. I'm like, dude, when do I get to be the hammer? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I, I can tell you, I haven't built a few houses now, how many nails I've been. <laughs> like chill son oh yeah um like throughout this journey you know one thing i'm always concerned about just i'm an older guy so injuries stack up for me mm-hmm. like I, I sneeze funny and my back is gone um you know have you had any like tough injuries along the way uh doing this like early on or you know just you know anywhere in this journey um yeah i you know, I played sports growing up, played lacrosse, really didn't have any major injuries in there. Really, all my injuries started once I started doing MMA. Um, you know, broken collarbones, AC joints, broken nose. Um, really, the I would say the most challenging one more recently was uh, I tore my UCL um, back in April. I was competing. Uh, I was in an arm bar, didn't feel any threat. Um, my arm kicked out a weird way, felt like the pop and... I lost my UCL, kept fighting, ended up taking third. I had, like, two more matches after that. and um, Yeah. So. so the UCL, so I'm only newly familiar with that, only from football, because mm-hmm. I think uh, 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy uh, tore his UCL last year. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, yeah. That sounds made up. Yeah, it's like uh, – I think baseball players very common, like pitchers, like, uh, you know, they wanted me to get that Tommy John surgery and stuff. I decided to go no surgery, just uh, rehabbing it with my strength coaches, Cody Toller and uh, Nick Campanera. Um, nursed me back to health, man. You know, the three doctors, three orthopedic surgeons told me you, you have to get surgery. And I, I think we've had a few um, fighters from our gym being told, like, hey, you need to get surgery. I think uh, uh, Riggs. She was told, like, you got to get neck surgery or you might not be able to grapple again. She was yeah. like, okay, watch this. Yeah. Uh, and Ronnie was told to get surgery on his uh, his knee. I remember that, yeah. The like, like doctors were like, hey, man, go ahead and get some surgery. Like, oh. And I, yeah, so. I, f- I felt that with the first doctor, honestly. Like, it, he was like, yeah, man, let's, let's like, cut you up tomorrow. I'm like, hold up. Like, let me, let me get a second opinion. I, I had, you know, conversations with our coaches and, we felt like it was the best option to get more opinions, research it some more. Um, there's not a lot of um, the information and data on UCL tears and MMA. It's not a really common MMA injury, more of a baseball injury. But sure. even those numbers are, uh, you know, post-op. Not a lot of those guys are returning to play. Or even if they are, their quality performance is drastically decreased. I think also with 
you know, when you think about baseball players, and more so like on a major league and, you know, AAA teams and stuff like that, you know, there's more incentive for them just to go get the surgery because it's like, we need to get you back, you know, as soon as possible. But it seems like that surgery then lends them to more rehab and keeps them out longer because you said this happened in April. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're out there coaching now, competing, you know, and that's April, well, we're in October now. So, yeah. you know, feels like a, a solid turnaround versus surgery It'd probably be out probably out another couple months by this point yeah they told me the timeline was probably if i did get the surgery they said like six months to a year like post-surgery after all the rehab i'm like dude and that's a i'm young you know i i gotta run at this while i'm young you know yeah i also wonder too with that it's like well he's young you know get the surgery he'll recover quick and i was like yeah young like young being like an eight-year-old versus young being like in your 20s is yeah, a little bit different. <laughs> like, I'm going to recover, but let's avoid going under the knife. Like, like chill, y'all. Right. Um, but that, I'm glad, you know, it all worked out for you in that, in, in that realm because, you know, people are quick to like, take that first opinion. Like, oh, surgery? I guess I should get surgery. Yeah, man. I was on I was on the books and everything. I had to cancel my appointment. I would have, like, a week afterwards would have been, you know, all recovering from a surgery. Well, that, the... And then also think about that too. Recovering from surgery, now you're you're off the match. You're watching, like you're just watching the team go, and it's like, damn, I can't, I can't even do nothing. It yeah, been all cast up and everything. Right. So good. At the beginning of the season, you know, I had um, I had won uh, Grappling Industries at the beginning of the year. I think like January, February. You know, I had a the goal in mind. You know, I wanted to stay competitively active this year as much as I can. And of course, you know the uh, UCL thing happened, so just you know, rest of the year just go trying to get as many in as I can before the year's up. Yeah, I mean, just you know, thinking about that trajectory too. It's like back in February, you got this momentum, mm-hmm. and then you get stopped, it's right? Like shit, because over the summer there's so much going on with competitions. Yeah, like competition every week. Yeah. So, um, but. You know, the big thing now here is that you just recently competed with up in uh, Atlantic City. Yes, sir. Uh, ADCC. And, you know, big bounce back. Yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah, man. That was a crazy experience. Uh, ADCC Open, Atlantic City. Um, two weekends ago, went up with the team. Um, had uh, two matches in my division. Uh, won my first five points. Won my second by uh, submission, ankle lock. Um <laughs> And uh, yeah, man, ADCC champ now. That's on the resume. Yeah, love it. Um, that's one thing I always kind of feel with our gym, a lot of gyms, but our gym specifically because I have that experience with our gym. Yeah, is you know, look at other gyms. You know, you see competitors, but it's like specific, like you know, they're higher belts specifically are competing. Whereas like we're getting everyone in the game. Yeah, everyone, kids. White belt. So you've been here for what four months? You should think about competing. Mm-hmm. We don't force anyone to compete, but you know, test yourself. Right. You know. Okay. Cool. Got your blue belt. Keep that momentum rolling. Purple mm-hmm. belt. Keep the momentum rolling. And it's not even just like oh, we're competing and just kind of going out there and biding our time. Like you know, y'all are out there kicking ass. Mm-hmm. Like every time I look on Instagram, like after the weekend, it's like. I can't keep up reposting, man. Y'all gotta <laughs> slow down. Keep winning, but damn, dude, like yeah. space space out some of those wins for me so I can like 
post. Yeah, and as a team, uh, we had six competitors at ADCC. We took uh, second overall. Yeah, saw that. Uh, when I saw that, uh, like I reposted it. Was like, hey, hey, I know these guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, like not like no, I don't train. I know them. Mm-hmm. Like, these are my people. This is the spot. It's the spot to be at. So, so congrats on that. That's I always say, and you know, it could be biased. I was like, look, man, we the best. We we the best, Joan. In yeah. Maryland. And I believe it for sure. It's like, they, you know, we send out cats winning world titles. You know, we send out cats to to the UFC. Yeah. You know, CFFC. You know, you know, we got cats out there winning it, and it's you know not trying to you know dog other gyms. It's like, look, it's cool. You know, there are different levels to it. I like myself. I'm a hobbyist, mm-hmm. so I'm not out there competing. You know, it could be other gyms are just full blown like that. But it's like if you say, hey, you know, where would you suggest, you know, someone go to really, you know, pick up the game and really advance themselves, you know, quickly and efficient, efficiently. And I'm going to say Crazy 88. Yeah. You know, it's wild about that. I didn't even introduce the school in the beginning. I was just talking <laughs> shit out here. But, yeah, we trained at 88. What? Oh, yeah. What's up? Um, but, yeah, that that's big, though. Uh, you know, just coming back from that injury like that because – you know, a lot of people injuries fuck with you. You get in your head, and then you worry. You know, going out there. I, I think what was back in April, mm-hmm. I strained my groin. Yeah. And you know, every time I thought I was good, I don't yeah. know if I was or wasn't, but it was definitely in my head. Yeah. So, you know, being able to overcome just any mental aspect of that as well, it is big. Like, did. You know, was this all just in training? Did you see a sports psychologist or you just strictly went out there and was like, look, I'm confident in what I can do in, in my recovery? I was definitely, you know, I, I prepared. I did put all the work in. I, I felt confident in my preparation. I felt the most confident, the best shape of my life going out there. Um, on the mental side, though, I, I, you know, I was nervous, bro. I was, I was having talks with Sergio after practice. I wouldn't say I'm an anxious person at all, but I was like feeling like almost like on the verge of like a panic attack. I would tell him I was like, like I felt like I was on the verge of tears. Like I just had a good practice, whether it was good practice or not. Like I just felt overwhelmed. I'm like, I don't know like what's wrong with me. Like, why am I feeling like this? Obviously those are normal emotions, but they were just foreign to me. So, you know, talking to Sergio, talking to coach Keith, they recommended some literature. Um, uh, read, you know, I was reading some books. Uh, Sergio recommended a, a Jonah Hill film on Netflix about like uh, struts. I mean, he was talking to the psychologist. Great, great film, and uh, learned a lot in that hour of watching that and uh, watched it a couple of times. And uh, read uh, Inner Game of Tennis was the book Coach Keith recommended. Okay. Um, mainly, it was like it wasn't that I wasn't feeling like I was ready. It was like yo, know, like if I go out there and like my arm snaps, right. It's, uh, but I just got over that. And I was like, I'm prepared to just compete. And if my arm breaks, my arm breaks, if whatever happens, happens, you know, good, good. it's definitely, you know, a hard thing to kind of bounce from and, and in the comeback in with that mindset of like, look, I'm just going out here and it is what it is. Yeah. It's, we all can't do that. Like I said, it ain't for me. Yeah. So, I- kudos thank you bro i feel like also just another i've I've been trying to stress this to even my my own students is just like having a growth mindset uh cody toller was really pushing this on me every day in the weight room um when we're lifting just like and even sergio was telling me it's like if 
before like before I went to compete, he's like, if you win this tournament, your life's gonna be the same. If you lose this tournament, your life's gonna be the same. And it's just like another check in the box, like just that that growth mindset of we're just gonna keep going, keep the, keep the ball rolling. It's a good way to look at it. So you know, for individuals with high anxiety, that's that's not even a thought. It's like if I go out here and lose. I'm a loser. Yeah. Like I'm I, like I fucking suck. I disappointed everybody. But if I go out here and win, you know, like now what? I got I got to continue to do better. Like I got to win again. And, you know, it's like you know, just nah. Just go out there and do do what you do. And you know, if you you win, go out and eat after. Yeah, right. <laughs> if you lose, go out and eat after because you were gonna go do that shit anyway. Mm-hmm. So um, that's a definitely a great uh, piece of advice there. Like. I need to employ that now in my mindset, even with these podcasts. Yeah, man, everything, bro. It's life. You got to just go. Um, with your training, MMA, uh, BJJ, uh, either or, what's been, like, the most enjoyable kind of aspect of it? Man, I'm I'm biased. I'm a Muay Thai coach. and Definitely, I'd say the striking. I I have fallen, you know, in love with jiu-jitsu. Um but you know, definitely, definitely striking is my my favorite for sure. Um, yeah. Hey man, ain't nothing wrong with that. I mean, <laughs> you're a striker. You, you know, MMA. You know, Muay Thai. That's you. You know, well, look, jujitsu. We got milk and cookies on our side, son. You know, we we got pamphlets. <laughs> we got you know, we got uh, medals. What y'all got there? Belts. So we got medals. Yeah. No, but uh, nah, like it. It's I always think about anyone that kind of does you know multiple disciplines. You know, you're always going to have what you lean into. You mm-hmm. know, even in jujitsu, you know, you got gi versus no gi. It's like, you know, whatever you love is what you love. Yeah. You know, your your go to. It's it's funny you mentioned that too. It's um because coming in not only uh, coming in that but like going back to that mental thing is like and. I was doing pretty well in the gi, and I mean, for being an MMA guy, I surprisingly wasn't doing too hot in no gi. I was coming off a five fight losing streak uh, in no gi, but I was doing pretty well with gi. Um, Coach Keith started calling me gi lie. <laughs> I think when he when I think I rolled with you, and I was sitting on the side, and then um, he had said something like like he brought you up because I think I just rolled with you like probably two rolls prior. Mm-hmm. He called you gi lie, and I was like, and I legit thought I was like. Gi like that's wild. He like he and a gi. Uh-huh. Okay. I was like, no. And then he explained. It. I was like, oh. Yeah. Like, I asked. I asked Sergio after I won ADCC. I was like, can I be no gi line now? <laughs> um. I mean, like, look. You said you was on the losing streak there, but you went to ADCC and was like, you know, streak be down. You yeah. know, like you did what you had to do, and you didn't let you know the the losses of the past hold you down. So again, kudos to you. That's tight. So good. Um, now, I always ask, you know, what you like most. I also want to know on the other end of that, um, with training, what's, you know, something that is kind of like, not necessarily a negative or like, but like just kind of one of those things that's like it's a little frustrating to you at times. Um, honestly, I'd say it's probably the most helpful addition, but at first implementing it was kind of not a struggle but i so like lifting strength and conditioning needed absolutely you need to need to if you're competing you need to be lifting getting your strength and conditioning work um 
waking up early, lifting, having to coach, and then train multiple times in the day. It's like taxing. It's not even physically ta- well, it is physically taxing, but just more mentally. It's like, damn, I'm here all day. I have to coach the kids' class, the adults' class. Like, but having that, um, because I know how how helpful it is, how beneficial it is that. It's almost like waking up. It it makes my day go better, right? I, I get get my lift in the morning, you know. Then I have a better practice because I'm already warmed up, you know. I've already had a workout in. Yeah, it's like you know, kind of starting the day off. You've already you've already accomplished something. Yeah. So the day is already rolling. You know, the earlier you do it, you know, the smoother it goes. I feel like yeah. I feel like those mornings where you wake up at seven, you know, you have a good breakfast, go for a run, something like the rest of your day is just set up for success versus you, you hit that snooze button. You're like, oh, I don't want to go to the gym today. And, and you're just dragging ass all day. You know, I'm definitely a snooze button guy. That <laughs> set my alarm at six forty five on purpose. Knowing, look, just hit the snooze button, get up at seven. Cause uh-huh. if it goes at seven and we're looking at seven fifteen. Yeah. So. <laughs> good. Good. Um, how has your training like affected your life away from the gym and off the mats? um definitely a lot of sacrifices a lot of uh missed birthdays a lot of missed family things um not you know losing friends you know over stuff like just because i can't be there all the time right i'm i have to train i have to have other obligations um i would say in that regard um i mean it's just part of the game if you know you want to make it in this stuff you're gonna have to you have to sacrifice something you know I, I think that's the, the, the friendship thing is a big one because I always say my friends, and I, you know, our teammates are also their friends as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's your team. But it, it gets weird because it's like you've grown in a different way now. Mm-hmm. You've moved this direction and your friends over here, they're not going that same direction with you. So it, there does become this weird tension where you're like, Look, I have a goal. Yeah. I'm moving in this direction. It's like I don't want to be a dick to y'all, but you know, this is something I'm I'm trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes you got people that they may not do the same training as you, but you know, they're definitely in your corner. And then there are others that are like, okay, you know, some are like, you know, I respect that. Well, I'm gonna go over here and you know do this activity. You go over there do your activity. And, you know, we'll meet back up in the middle. Right. You know, catch up. Yeah. With that being said, it, it is cool to see, like, my close friends, like, whether they train or not, you know, that they're successful in whatever walk of life that they're doing, you know, and then now that, you know, they've, I've had some years in the game, they've had some years in their thing, we're able to, like, come back and work on projects together, kind of help each other out, stuff like that. Good, good. Yeah. I don't think, you know, it's always final either, you know, when you move on. It's, it's the evolution of your, you know, relationships and you know, if it was solid, you can always come back to it. Yeah. yeah and that's, how, I always feel like that's kind of how you can tell, you know, you know, you bounce this way and you come back, you know, y'all still click. Like uh, one of my closest friends, she and I, we, I, I think once we stopped working together, we just didn't really communicate as much. You know, we would still kind of hang out sometimes, like the families and everything. And then when she moved out to Baltimore and I'm still out here, I was like, okay. You know, we don't see each other at all. Yeah. One day, you know, I hit her up on the roof. I was like, yo, son, like, want to get brunch? 
Yeah. Like, I don't know what brunch is. It's really just day drinking. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> some mimosas. Get, get some beers at 11. Yeah, right. <laughs> she was like, yeah, son, let's go. And, you know, click. Like, everything, it was like, like nothing to change. Yeah. So. Yeah. I have childhood friends like that. You know, it's like, we don't talk for months or weeks or even something, you know. Hopefully not too long, like a year or something, but it's just like we were hanging out the other day. It's just like old times, right? Yeah, that that made me nervous when like I was approaching that year. And and this person, you know, I, you know we met working at a job just kind of randomly because people would ask like, yo, like, what's up with her? Like, and me, I'm relatively introverted, but at that job, it was like, this is my spot. Yeah. So. I'm running the show. So I go over to her. Um, she, she was gay. And people were like, yo, is she gay? I was like, I don't know. Let's go ask. So I was like, hey, man, what's going How you doing? You know, looking at, you know, as we're like doing our job, I'm looking at her work. I was like, cool. Hey, are you gay? <laughs> <laughs> and she laughed. She was like, yeah. I was uh-huh. like, all right, word. And then we just like clicked from there. And, you know, everybody else was like, oh, wow, that's weird that he did. That was like, oh, you yeah. What's the worst is gonna happen? I'll probably get fired. Yeah, but it's, it's interesting how like you make human connections. Like I was actually telling somebody the other day, um, Caden, my friend who uh, got me into the gym. Like it's my best friend. But when we met in middle school, like him and I, used to, we butt heads. We didn't like each other, and then you know that's like my brother, man. Yeah, my co-host from the um, other podcast. Like he just randomly knocked on my door. Really? He was like, "Hey, you want to play basketball?" It's like, dude, did you even know if a kid lived here? You <laughs> just met when you were younger. Yeah, oh, nice. Was, was ninety two. I just moved here, and he knocks on the door. Was like, "Hey, you want to play basketball?" I don't even know if school started yet. Like, he just knocks on. I was like, "All right, let's go." And you know, we've been friends ever since. But you know, you have those moments where you know you kind of disconnect for a minute. You know, college. You know, so we went our separate ways. Right. Came back, and then you know when i started this journey uh doing jujitsu that was another kind of split point because um i don't even know what was going on with him at that time like other than work he was just working hard right and i was like well look i'm gonna go out here i'm gonna continue to work too because i gotta i gotta pay pay for you know life Mm -hmm. but i'm also gonna train and then when i started the podcast you know i reached out to him had him on as a guest and then he came up. So he can't taste spice. Really? Like, at all. He did the one chip challenge. Didn't flinch. Really? He ate two of them. No way. Didn't flinch. They pulled that thing off the market, didn't they? Uh, I think they pulled it and changed it. Or they might have just did something recent. Something, something bad something happened. Like, yeah, someone died recently. or something, right? So they might have pulled that one. I know they there was a change because uh, over the summer. So I thought that was that, too. But, yeah, I think someone, like something real bad happened but um we, we were sitting here i got a video of it but he doesn't want to put the video on. i was like dude put that video out <laughs> like come on dude like let yeah. me put the video out yeah right but i don't um, see that one he he came over because uh one of uh one of our other teammates uh from the ivy league days yeah he was like he wanted to do a hot ones challenge on on the podcast that'd be fun <laughs> for y'all I, <laughs> I hate spicy food and I was like, I, I kept, I kept putting it off. I was like, Nah, man, we can't. Nah, not yet, not yet. He wanted to do it for my birthday. I was like, Fuck no, it's my birthday. Yeah, right. <laughs> what's wrong with you? So then I was like, Okay, yeah, bet we can do this. And I called Steve. I was like, Hey, yo, son, what's up? You trying to come be on the podcast real quick? Like, we we're about to do a hot ones challenge. You know, I want to prove a point. So he comes over and we're sitting here. Uh, what we had 10, 10 hot sauces. I think I got up to eight. What's like the 
first seven weren't really that bad. Did you get it from like the Hot Wings website? Because I know they sell like their own sauces that they have on the show. I don't know. Well, uh, Brian brought those. Over, so I don't think he did. I think he just had a bunch of random sauces. Right, right. And he got some specific ones. Um, I got up to the bomb. Okay. And it felt fine. And I was like, dude, this ain't too bad. It tastes weird, but it's not too bad. Uh-huh. About two minutes in. I took a sip of water and the water made it worse. Uh, it like every sip of water, it got worse and worse. It was like, fuck. Yeah. And we had no milk in the house. Uh-uh. Like, oh my God. And, and Steve's just sitting there, didn't flinch. And then there's still two more sauces to go. I was like, I'm out. And she was like, no. The thing for him is he can taste the underlying taste. So he says all that super spicy stuff tastes like dirt to him. Mm. But um, off of that, like I, you know, I text him after he left. I was like, "Yo, you want to start a podcast together, like us?" I was like, "Yeah." I was like, and since we did that, like, what well, we drop an episode every week, so yeah. now we see each other every week now. And it's like to the point where jokingly I said, "I was like, look, man, we might need to take a couple episodes off. Yeah, I'll see you every week, man. You be coming over here, spilling beer all over the goddamn table. <laughs> like, you don't even clean up your beer. Right, you just spill the beer and just be like, oh." drink 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 but i mean you have those moments where you know you have your relationships they may you know kind of split but you know those true friendships they're always going to meet back up mm-hmm. somewhere along the line so um you know you know it, it's it's always refreshing to know that that's there versus some where it's just like eh. you know they go away and you know you catch up to each other and it just feels weird because i've had that a couple yeah. times and like, all right, I guess it. I guess we weren't really tight yeah. like that. You don't want to force like stuff that's not meant to be, you know. Yeah, like, like I got friends from Flint that I'm back in contact with, and it's like, man, like my, you know, like my niece. She was like, "Yo, we should get a, uh, you know, one of our friends growing up up in Flint, you know, on the show together, like all three of us." And I was like, I mean, maybe, maybe I don't know. Like I don't know what this. I got to talk to this dude beforehand. I don't. I want to just you know cold drop him into an episode like all right let's go and it gets weird right because like, i'm a college football fan i like michigan he like michigan state that could get ugly <laughs> that could get real ugly on air i'm start calling each other names like hey remember that time i made you cry it's like remember that time you peed yourself Yo, why you gotta bring that up <laughs> come on man <laughs> so things could get weird yeah um, so back back to reality here <laughs> um as you're uh training is continuing right now and you know the big comeback is here Mm -hmm. um what are some like kind of short-term goals that you have like as you're moving right now um you know just within the next few months of training let's say like six months or so in terms of training or like outside of the gym uh well really both kind of like let's go uh training first and then what you got uh you know away from the gym okay um yeah so training wise uh, again staying busy competitively um next month uh november 18th going back out to atlanta uh ibjjf um got that and then uh december back to striking doing a uh the M- mdl muay thai development league uh it's local in cadenceville it's like uh semi-contact uh matches exhibition kind of like a like a step down from like smoker fights just kind of get my okay. uh, back into striking and then uh hopefully get a fight sometime next year mm-hmm. nice. i feel like i've heard of that it sounds familiar it's it's uh it, they're pushing it big on the east coast because like obviously 
Muay Thai's from Thailand, and uh, those kids are training that, <laughs> that since they're like in diapers, and yeah. it's different over here in the states. So kind of getting people more well versed with the rule set and the culture and stuff. It's it's a cool. Uh, I didn't compete in the last one because I was uh, you know focused on my grappling, but I I coached uh, some of the kids. Uh, they do adults and kids uh, day okay. and day. Um, it was cool. They had like a whole like rule seminar and like a demonstration of like the Y crew, like the uh, traditional um, like walkout that they do in thailand it was a cool it was a cool experience man i'm excited to get get in there and compete myself and it sounds like the just just something just in general to see and experience sounds really mm-hmm. fun so good good i um, mean how about away from the uh the gym away from the gym um honestly uh kind of just keep the ball rolling i'm looking to start like kind of venturing into different uh uh media spaces like podcasts for example i have you know obviously this podcast with you today and have some other ones scheduled um doing i mean i'm a a gamer i wouldn't say i'm like a hardcore gamer but looking to get in some like uh making some content like streaming a little bit i've been playing that new spider-man game Uh, i was playing i I was playing it before i uh went to practice this morning (laughs) i got a friend on Instagram, he keeps sending me screenshots and videos. Spoiling it? Well, I don't have a PS5 because I keep saying I'm not going to do this. I am not doing this. I don't even play games like this anymore. I'm uh-huh. chilling. He keeps sending me the videos. I'm like, shit. And then my wife saw one the other day. She's like, oh, that looks good. I was like, don't do this. Yeah. Do not do this to me. Right. And it's good, man. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> I want it. But hey, I- holidays coming up, man. You might get one. <laughs> Uh, the the issue with me in video games is once I'm in it, I can play video games every other day for two hours. Like if I go beyond that, it's a problem. Where where Dante go? I haven't <laughs> yeah. seen him in weeks, man. I used to play Diablo two. Okay. Um, uh, I want to say what oh eight maybe oh mm. seven oh eight in that window, and. I only started because a friend of mine, he was like, he was explaining the game. He was talking about like leveling up. He was like, no one can get to a 99. 99 is like, you can't get there. It's so hard to get to 99. I was like, word. Challenge accepted. Gotcha. So I jumped into it and, you know, took some filling out and figuring out, you know, what, what gear was like solid, what, you know, what was worth it, what wasn't. Mm. And then I started figuring out the, the skill tree. Uh-huh. I was like, okay. You know, and also my computer was not great. So if you use certain characters, you like if you use like a necromancer, fucking freeze up the computer and fuck everything up. If you use like a, a, a um, an ice sword, fucking freeze everything up. But then I found out, hey, wait a minute. If you use a lightning sword, that shit's going to fucking just wipe through everything. Not going to fuck up your computer. So I took that and ran with it. And I think i got the 94 i think i was close to 95 and i think at that point i just i was like mm, maybe he's right yeah, he's right, yeah. but I, I went to 94 clean i didn't you know have any enhancements i didn't have anybody doing it for me because one of the things i did with the game is i would always help people build their characters yeah and if you're cool after everything because i was very specific look come here step out of the portal i'm gonna clear this you collect the experience yeah if you're cool I'll drop you some gear, like like nice solid gear, yeah. some runes and everything. You know, I was try- genuinely trying to help people, and I got so wrapped up in doing this, it, it would be like I'd stay up all night and then go to work, all fucked up. 
and then come home, take a quick nap, jump back on, and it would just be hours and hours. And this went on for years. Mm-hmm. And then just when uh, Diablo three dropped, I was like, Diablo four came out like what earlier this year? I uh, yeah, I want to say there was like a. I feel like it was like like more recently, but I, for some reason I'm like I thought people were playing this over the summer, but I think it came out like in August. Yeah, but I've heard I've heard good things about it, but again, like you're saying, it sounds like you can get hooked, so I've I'm stayed not, stayed away from it. I'm not doing it. I I, I have no interest. <laughs> I I haven't looked at any videos. I'm not falling for it but spider-man might get me yeah i was uh i mean even when i walked in you know i was uh i heard from teammates from kai and uh huggins uh mark who's done the podcast before is like yo dante's setup is sick downstairs like i love all the action figures i'm, I'm a big marvel guy myself you know it's really cool like are you like movies comics tv shows like you know what's your your uh go-to um definitely like the the marvel movies man like the whole how they set that thing up that whole story is like so so cool i wasn't really i've like read comics here and there my dad collects some comics so he has like a cool collection but um i really watch like those um like the breakdown videos like so like the comics explain so i haven't read a lot of comics but i know like the source material it's coming from and that stuff's all like super cool to me i like those types of things especially now just the world that we're in because Dude, there's so much fucking content, especially with comic books. There's so much, and trying to go back, trying to find the things. And granted, you can get trades, you can get trade paperbacks, and um, you you can do them digital. It, it, but it's just look, it's time consuming. And you know, if you could find something like on YouTube, they break it down for you and give you kind of the quick explanation. I like that because, especially with the movies now. They're pulling from some of the source material, and some of it they're kind of like, look, we're going to change this a little bit because, like, when you look at Iron Man in 08, the original story for Iron Man it was Vietnam. Yeah. So you, you got to adjust that, you know, when, when they're going to be bringing us the new X Men. I mean, Magneto, I don't think the, the Auschwitz story is going to be relevant for a character today for Magneto and yeah. the X Men. So. You know, there's always going to have to be some changes, and I do like that. You know, there is kind of an explanation or a, a um, an outlet to give the explanation of what came before. So then, when you see what we're getting now, it's like, okay, you know, how does it connect to that? Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Or sometimes it's okay just to do things completely fucking different too. Yeah, you know, you don't always got to be like, well, it was this way in the book because I was that guy. Yeah, yeah, I was that one. I was like. No, this is how the story's supposed to go. Uh-huh. And then one day I just woke up and was like, dude, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I kind I kind of almost wish that like with the movies there we get more like Deadpool kind of characters. Like I would love to see like a Spider-Man where he's just like beating the shit out of everybody and like the like Andrew Garfield dark Spider-Man, you know? If they did Amazing Spider-Man 3, I didn't so I didn't like Andrew Garfield initially. Yeah. It, because his Peter Parker was too cool. Uh, yeah. I don't like it. Like, Peter Parker. No, he's a nerd. Yeah. yeah, he's a nerd. He's scared, you know. Or not scared, but, you know, he's he's it's like timid, yeah. yeah. You know, but he was super cool going after the girls. Like, I, I loved his chemistry, though, with Emma Stone. Yeah. That shit, it, it felt right, but I was like, mm, he's still just too fucking cool. Right. But now, if they did a Spider-Man now with him as a grown man mm-hmm. in that rage, you know, 
I would love to see what happened after Gwen died and now he's got that rage mm-hmm. because you know there are stories from Spider-Man where you know Venom is wrecking havoc on his life he's like okay little Green Goblin fucking up his life like there's a story I want to say it was like Amazing Spider-Man 386 where well I think it ended there but it was like kind of a lead up story where his parents came back he thought oh my god my parents are back you know I'm happy and it turns out Green Goblin who has been long dead had this setup and it wasn't really his parents it was just a couple clones mm-hmm. and then when it was all revealed the fucking monitors in this room just went off and it was Green Goblin saying gotcha and from that point, the next few stories, he was just fucking whipping everyone's ass. Mm-hmm. Like, just did, didn't even hesitate. It was like, oh, he sneezed the wrong way. <laughs> Looks like you're getting fucked up today. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, yeah, he's like, web him up. And it's like, all right, now you're stuck. Now you're in my punching bag. Oh, yeah. But I would love to see, you know, just some maturity in these characters. And I know they're, you know, you got to still have your market for the kids. And there's tons of characters to do that. But seeing a Spider-Man actually dealing with, like, grown-up problems. Because all the Spider-Man reboots that we've gotten is Spider-Man from high school. Going through high school. Yeah. Let's get grown man Spider-Man. Shit, tax time Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talk about, damn, dude, mortgage, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, I got some problems. I got to go out here and sling these webs. Uh-huh. Um, and, and even with, you know, Disney having, you know, all the Marvel characters now, you know, like Wolverine, you know, do do something. Big. I mean, he's coming into the Deadpool fold, mm-hmm. um, and that's going to be fun. I was watching that Wolverine movie the other night. The um, uh, Logan, not the one before Logan. Oh, uh, yeah, just uh, the Wolverine. the Wolverine. Yeah, I loved Logan yeah. though. Logan was really good. Logan's one that like I think I I didn't watch it until recently. Really, because. I'm weird with movies when there's like build up. Mm-hmm. I'm like I don't want to watch because I have this expectation now. Right, right. So I watched it last spring. Mm-hmm. Like I've tried to watch it before. I just would fall asleep. But mm-hmm. I watched it last spring and I enjoyed it. But then I was also thinking like, okay, now I'm enjoying it for one thing. But what are these other folks enjoying it for? Because I knew a couple cats that were like, he cusses in this one. Like, that's what we need. And we was like, oh, that doesn't really make the story. Yeah. <laughs> like, the story's good. But him cussing, like, yeah, I like to cuss a lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> but that doesn't mean anything I say means shit because I cuss. Like, but, I, want, I want Wolverine to say bub on the. Yeah. Like, that, that's mean? what I want to hear. Yeah. Like, like was he, he did it in the first Wolverine movie because when he was like, he ran into Blob and he, he said something, blah, 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 bub. And he was like, did you call me Blob? And it was like, I think that's the only time I've heard him say bub. I was like, oh, you guys fucking ruined it. <laughs> like, <laughs> nice try. Like, yeah, it was a valiant attempt, but you guys fucking suck, yeah. Fox. But yeah, that was the Fox X one, yeah. Yeah, there's there's a whole, like, dude, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've got some episodes where I just rip into Fox. Like, fuck those guys. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just with the movies and just the access that we have to all of it now, it it's good. At one point, I was like, this is not good. I do think maybe we need to, because Marvel was dropping a lot of films and shows in one year. It's like, hey, slow down. Like, I, I need to have a chance to miss you. 
Like, I'm not getting that now. And I feel like you know, like you're saying like expectations. Like I mean, I know me personally after Endgame, it's like I want every Marvel movie to like because yeah. that like being a fan, like seeing that in the theaters, like that crowd, the first time you see it, it's like yeah. ah, it was it was a crazy experience, you know, like. uh it's like we can't get that again. We're expecting that, but we're never going to get that. I think that's where we're at right now. That's the biggest problem to all of this is that when they started off with Iron Man, there's no ideal, no expectation, and Iron Man was great. And then it ends, and you're like, okay, there might be more. Do you find out the Incredible Hulk with Ed Norton was also connected, and you get Iron Man 2. And then they're talking about, you know, you see the post credit and then now you see Molnair and it's like, oh, my God, Thor's coming. And then you get to the end of Thor and then, you know, OK, Loki escaped. We've got more coming. You get the Captain America movie. Then you see the trailer for Avengers, which we already knew it was coming. But to see the trailers like, OK, we got it's something happening. special. Yeah. And then at Disney bought Marvel um, right before Avengers came out. So it was still, I want to say Paramount. I think it was still under Paramount uh, when when that film came out. But Disney took that money. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it became this this cycle of like, let's build this really, really big. And it's fucking great because we've never seen anything like it. And now that we've had it, we're spoiled. And we want that every time so much so that that's what we're looking for when we watch these movies and these shows it's like how's this going to connect to the next thing or how's this going to set up that thing king the conqueror is the next big villain well how do we get this how do we set that up and i was like I, I wish we didn't know any of it yeah just give us give us a, a movie give us a show and let it build you're always going to have people speculating it's nature but we you know i, I think at this point they're leaking too much information to us too. So, yeah, just stop. I haven't even really watched. I mean, I, I saw a little bit of Loki season two, like when I was in Atlantic City, but I haven't really like the first episode and half. Like, didn't watch anymore after. I didn't get what was going on at first. I'm pretty sure I fell asleep. Yeah, <laughs> and my wife was like, "No, no, it was good." I was like, "Probably." <laughs> and, like, episode three and four, though, they got me now. I'm like. Oh yeah, oh, I'll have to watch that tonight then. Like now, nah, I gotta now nah, I gotta stay awake for these damn things again. It's funny you say it because I'm young, bro, but I definitely have like gotten the habit of falling asleep during movies. Like I'll just pass out. Yeah, dude, I haven't seen a couch that that doesn't look delicious for a nap. <laughs> I sit on a couch and it's like, oh, don't mind if I do. Mm-hmm. It's I was even uh shoot, I was so excited to see that Spider Man animated one. I saw your late show and I was like dozing off like shit. And then uh, luckily we uh, work in the summer camp, one of the field trips, we took him to go see it. I was like, say less, let's go watch it. You know? Yeah, like where I work now, uh, the guy that I take out into the community, he likes to go to the movies. Mm-hmm. So it, it it varies. Sometimes we might go see a movie where I'm like, perfect opportunity for a nap. And sometimes it's like, you know what? I want to see this anyway. So I think we went to see uh, Transformers Rise of the Beast. How was that? I haven't seen that yet. So um, I, would, feelings. I would say it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> but it is fun. So that's it, it, weird. You know, it's, it's a fun romp for right, sure. Right. But if you're going in like, okay, I'm looking for a, a cohesive story. That's not the one. But the action was good. Uh, you know. It's set in the 90s, so me being a kid of the 90s, the 80s, and the 90s, you know, you, you get a lot of hip-hop. Because it was set in 94, 
So you're getting a lot of that that hip hop from you know 92, 93, 94. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm feeling this, but the rest of it was just kind of like that doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's dumb. That's weird too. But um, like primal robots. Yeah, it was like yeah, I was like okay, I'm not <laughs> like I'm I'm done. I'm yeah, done. and then we went to see um, the Meg two. Okay. I saw the first one. That's like the big shark, right? Yeah, the first yeah. one was fine. The first one was like, good, good. I, you know, I, I did the first one. The second one was like, why are we here? Like, yeah. why, like there's three of them now? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, in the one response to clicks? Like, <laughs> I, no. So that was a good opportunity for a nap. Um, and then we saw Haunted Mansion. It was like, that I enjoyed, but again, I. Eddie Murphy. So no, it's it's the new one. Oh, um, who's in it? Rosario Dawson, um, Lakeith Stanfield, Owen Wilson. Okay, there are other people. I just don't know names, but those yeah. are the ones that stood out. Okay. I, I think those were like the the lead characters. Nice. Uh, it, it was it was it was fine. Yeah. Do you see uh, Oppenheimer? So I'm waiting for that. I'm that that's happening here at the house. Okay. I, I, I can't do that out out in my own. You know, I, I got to be home. It's epic. I got to sit down and really take that one in. Yeah. Um, Dude, I saw it in IMAX. It was so, it was nuts. So that's the only reason I would need to see it in the theater uh-huh. is for that experience. But I'm like, ah, let me just sit here at home. Yeah. You know, to, you know take some drugs and watch it. Probably <laughs> not the best move, but you know what? You got to get into the yeah. movie some way. Um, but yeah, like now, like seeing movies is part of my job. Just the guy, he wants to see movies. I'm like, all right, well, cool, let's go. Yeah, he didn't want to see The Exorcist. <laughs> like, he he walked by the poster, like, oh, I want to see. It. I was like, no, you don't. I want to see. So I showed, showed him the trailers. I want to see that. So what's your uh, what's your favorite genre of movie? Um, I mean, many would believe that it's horror, considering I have a horror podcast, uh-huh. and I do watch horror movies every single night. But I do love me a good comedy. I. Uh, Having you know, had one of those in a while, though. Yeah, I mean, comedy is a weird thing now because it's like, you know, what can we say is funny? And what you know? Yeah. Because I think a lot of shit's funny. But it's like you're not supposed to think that's funny. It's like, but it is. Yeah. But <laughs> like, it's like ten years ago that it was okay to be funny, right? I mean, shit. Even like five years ago, four years ago, you could like you know have a wild comedy, and now it's like. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. yeah. Why are you laughing at that? Because uh-huh. it's hilarious. It's not though. But it is. But it is. <laughs> like you're in trouble. Am I? <laughs> like so. Um, but yeah, I love I love comedies. You know, more often than I do, just go back and watch old comedies. Like the, the stand up comedy, I watch a lot of that. Oh yeah, stand up comedy. You know, you got to get your laugh somewhere. But I think most consistently, probably horror is my favorite genre, just because, like I said, I watch it every night. I do a podcast for it mm-hmm. um, every other week. So. There, there's a lot of horror that happens in my world. So, uh, you got any like specific like favors as far as like a full genre? Like, yeah. Um, I don't know. I like. I'd say like all kinds of movies. Um, except for, like rom rom coms. I wouldn't say those are my favorite. Um, I, like accidentally, I might stumble upon one. I'm like, oh shit, I didn't know like, this was that. Adam, Adam Sandler rom coms are kind of funny, you know, mm-hmm. cute. It's Adam Sandler though. Yeah, yeah. He, he knows what he's doing. He's like, look, this is this. We gonna balance this out. Mm-hmm. We're doing this for the ladies, but I got the jokes for the guys. Yeah, got you. So appreciate it, Adam. 
like yeah he he's looking out for us uh-huh. oh like i i feel bad because i know my wife really likes rom-coms but it's like friday night or really saturday night movie time it's like hey what do you want to watch it's like i don't know it's like okay that means we're going to shutter <laughs> <laughs> pull up pull up some korean horror she's like oh we got to read subtitles it's like you gotta read subtitles <laughs> like and then we'll watch it and i feel like she wants to watch like other like there's something on netflix um actually i started watching it with her i think it was called dead to me mm-hmm. and i was like this doesn't feel like dante friendly stuff and it was actually pretty fucking good oh yeah it was like a, a whodunit type um well not a whodunit but like like uh like I guess there's a, a guy was hit by a car, and you know, you're kind of trying to figure out who hit him, and then it turns out it was like one of the chicks, but then maybe it wasn't one of the chicks. There's all this kind of like weird mystery to it all. Okay. I was like, okay, you know, you're getting fed this information, but it turns out maybe that's not true because we don't know what happened on this spectrum as well. Yeah, so, I like those kind of like those psychological like thriller rides. Like uh, I really enjoyed that Joker movie. That was really cool. That like deep dive into like what it's like to be the Joker. Yeah, you know? I like the movie. I wish that it wasn't Joker, just because like I have big feelings about some of the comic properties in certain ways. Um, we actually just talked about this last night on our Nightmare on Elm Street episode where we were talking about sympath- making uh, certain villains sympathetic. Mm-hmm. You know, Joker being one of those. Whereas that movie was fucking great. Yeah. But then there's this thing about making a character like the Joker, like having like, you know, feeling bad for him. I was like, oh, my God, like this guy, this poor guy. Meanwhile, he's a fucking lunatic and he's killing people. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you want to have some kind of heart for it. But it's also like he's still killing people. That's yeah. not, not good. I'm interested to see the um, the sequel. That's yes. going to be good. Yeah. I I I like Lady Gaga. And, I, you know, what was it? Uh, House of Gucci. Thought she was fucking phenomenal in that, and I was like, "Give me more! I want to see more of this late acting." I think I never saw *Star Was Born*. That was pretty. That's a good movie. I've, I've heard nothing but good things. I feel like though that's my problem. It's like I've heard good things, and I'm gonna go in with this expectation here, and it's probably gonna be here. Mm-hmm. Still good, but I want it here. So didn't she do like uh, like a season of American Horror Story too? Yeah, she's done a few of those. Yeah, um, like kind of on and off. I think she jumped in on the hotel season. I think that was season five, I believe. And then she came back for a couple other seasons here and there. So, which one was the clown season? I think that's the only one I've uh, really like watched. So there was the carnival one, which was season four with uh, the carnies, and then there was the the uh, season seven, which was Hive. Which had uh, the the uh, uh, clowns in it as well. Um, it, those are the only two I can think. I th- nineteen eighty four. I don't think there's a clown involved. I think the guy who played the clown was like he did something else. So now I'm going. But uh, I know season four had like uh, Twisty the clown with uh, the big giant grin, which I think I'm gonna do for Halloween in a couple years. Oh yeah. So I like I, I've gotten away from doing like. Uh, makeup for halloween because i don't want to scare my daughter because she has to see me leave the house like that mm-hmm. so now i'm like mm, i think she's old enough now i can do it i can get away with this so i think not next year i got a plan but i think in a couple years i'm gonna do twisty the clown cool. um but that was season four and then i, I believe season seven was uh 
the hive season with uh like the election and um uh like the cult so it wasn't called hive it's called cult that's what okay. it was america horror story cult um so yeah things like that you know it's fun i, I think entertainment has gotten so vast when you look at comic book movies uh horror movies wherever my action figures are over there um you know like psychological thrillers but comedy is the one that's fallen fallen by the wayside because it's like well what can we say is funny so i don't know i just like to laugh even at fucked up stuff like like oh my calumpton board is a little uh less right in this week but normally there's some goofy shit on there and it's like we're laughing at things that just we're not supposed to laugh at but it's like why not flag football in the olympics that's the one that caught my eye oh yeah that shit's that shit's bonkers because the memes for that is because because they're encouraging nfl players to like go in it's like could you imagine tyreek hill <laughs> going up against a plumber from fucking syria yeah right <laughs> Just like crossing them up and it just it ain't coming back and then running again. Like, yeah. Oh my god. But but that got in, but Muay Thai didn't. I think Muay Thai was on the on the vote. <laughs> I say we put MMA in the Olympics, man. It, yeah. It, I mean, it, it makes sense to do so because I mean it is a worldwide sport. Let's see who the best country has the best fighters. I mean, flag football. Guess what? Not a worldwide sport. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't see anyone in France playing football. They're trying to, they're, but they're trying to get the NFL over in Europe. I, I kind of like what they're doing with the um, those like London games. Yeah, I think they're going to Berlin in a couple of weeks, maybe next week. Um, you know, it, it it was rumored that they're trying to pull a full time team in London. Yeah, like, that could be a bit of a nightmare as far as travel goes. But as far as the divisions, how are going? How are they going? They have to have another division, or how's that work? I don't know, but. Hey, don't send Detroit over there to play, man. I'm tired of the Lions having to go somewhere to play. They can't even win at home sometimes. Man, and they couldn't even beat us in Baltimore, bro. Dude, don't do this. Don't do this right now. <laughs> not, not here. I was, I was at that game. It was, it was a, like, it was a good, good day to be a Ravens fan. Let's just say that. Man, the Lions played like it was 2008 that day. I watched that game and I was like, I'm just sitting there like, like yo, do y'all know what a pass rush is? Yeah, bro. I'm not gonna lie. Like on paper, you guys. I mean. But we're supposed to beat us, like like I said on paper. Like on, on, paper, on paper, it looked like it was supposed to be like a, a competitive game at the very least. Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, the last two games between Detroit and Baltimore have been competitive yeah. games. And in this game, like it, it Detroit may as well just you know stayed up before if it was like, hey, we're gonna send on the practice squad and handle this for us, like. Don't do that. I think I think the Detroit players must have went to Fed Hill the night before or something they like had that. To. They did something. <laughs> it was partying. Um, it like because I, I think there's a Ray Rice's rookie year. I went to that game. Detroit came out here and it rained. It rained bad. Mm-hmm. They beat Detroit forty-eight to zero. And I'm sitting there in the stands. I'm glad it was raining because y'all couldn't tell if I was crying or not. It was definitely crying. I was like, Yo, what is this? why am i here and you know the next couple games again close games um i feel like you know there was a game where i don't know time expired detroit should have won but i just feel like you know they didn't look at the clock properly and they let a kicker kick the longest field goal ever like Mm. so not only did he break a record but he also won the fucking game illegally it's okay though it's okay we weren't in playoff contention so it doesn't matter but um 
Now, putting a team in, in Europe, I mean, you may as well just have a whole division if yeah. you're going to do that. Because That'd be interesting. I mean, it's kind of like, <clears throat> like how combat sports in you know, different countries approach mm-hmm. stuff differently. I would, I'd be interested to see how a European approach to an American sport, you know? Like, I have a friend in Ireland. He's a big Chicago Bears fan. It's weird. Like, he was on the podcast. And I, asked, I was like, why? Why Chicago? Yeah. Like, that's weird. Like, Chicago? I mean, and I think his dad was a Chicago Bears fan back when they won the Super Bowl and just kind of just always stuck with him. I was like, oh, that's fair. I'd be a Lions fan before I'd be a, a Chicago fan. Dude, I'd be any fan <laughs> besides Green Bay and Chicago. I can, and, you know, you would think, well, Minnesota's in a division, too. You should hate them, too. I do. I do a little bit. And Kirk Cousins played for Michigan State, so I kind of hate him, too. But... I don't encounter Minnesota fans because they don't have any, but I don't encounter Minnesota fans that are shitty. Green Bay fans, on the other hand, and Bears fans. Rowdy. Like, they, like, they make you want to stab them a little bit. You know, I know yeah. that's on air. That's hurt. So. <laughs> I have, um, my grandparents live in Minnesota, so my first, uh, my first NFL jersey was a Brett Favre Vikings jersey. <laughs> it's got to be worth something. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to have value to it, man. <laughs> Um, I mean, and that's the thing. It's like certain fan bases. Like on Colompton, I'm notorious for ripping into Ravens fans because I go to the games and I'm like, oh, yo, I want to fight all of y'all <laughs> right now because like I hate. Well, because one of our jobs that um, we worked at before was heavy Ravens fans, mm-hmm. and we had a suite at the stadium, so oh, nice. we could go to the games. And it was just weird. You go to the games, like people aren't even Ravens. They're, they're like Ravens fans by. You know, you know, I I live near Baltimore, so I'm a Ravens fan. I was like, are you though? And they're winning, yay! We're fans, like, <laughs> fake fans. You know, like, grow the fuck up. It's like, son, I've been cheering for the Lions forever, and we've been losing forever. Like, ride or die. Yeah, it's like, look, if you ever question my loyalty, just just understand. I'm a Lions fan. Yeah. It's like, well, how loyal is he? He's loved the Lions since '92. <laughs> Did you see that Washington game? Yes, he cried. <laughs> no, that, that that's actually when I first started really, really caring about football. Is yeah. when they played the Cowboys, they beat them like thirty-eight to six in the divisional round. I was like, "Oh yes, son, what?" Then they played Washington the next week, and Washington beat them so bad. I lived in Newark, Delaware at that time, mm-hmm. and we were moving here. And I didn't understand this was Redskins country at that point. Right, so. They beat them so bad. I was just like, I don't know how to feel about football. This shit sucks. Then we moved here, and all I saw was fucking burgundy and gold. I was like, fuck this place. <laughs> hate it here. And then Steve knocks on my door. You want to play basketball? Fucking Redskins. <laughs> it's like, fuck this guy. Like, but it's like, you know, you have people that like, when the Seahawks were winning, when did they get fans? Because they ain't ever had no fans before. Yeah, right. Like, I remember when the Seahawks was picking number one and number two in the draft every year. Mm-hmm. The Bengals picking, number, like, top three every year. Yeah. The Browns are still picking top three every year. Um, but, you know, <coughs> you know those Fairweather fans. It was like, oh, my God, they're winning now. I'm going to be, like, who, who was, like, uh, Carolina when they went 15-1. and one. It was like, I like the Panthers now. Yeah. I was like, do you, though? Yeah, right. Because nobody. I don't think Carolina fans like <laughs> the Panthers. I think most of those cats like Florida teams and, and, and the Falcons, at least. Like, motherfuckers don't be liking anything in Carolina. Y'all just got a team in 94. Sit down. Yeah, right. Dummies. And Jacksonville, the worst place to ever get a 
fucking team. <laughs> I, think, I think Jacksonville smells like a sore. I've never been. Don't. Don't, don't go. It's, it's not. When they announced that they were getting the team, I was just like, my first one was like, where is Jacksonville? I was like, it's in Florida. I was like, Orlando, Tampa could, you know, maybe use another team. They sucked at that point, but they could, you know, they could have another team. Miami could have another team. Miami need another team. Um, I mean, Fort Lauderdale even, for fuck's sake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like Jacksonville, Tallahassee, give them a team. Right. No, nah, they said, no, nah, Jacksonville deserves this. Mm, somebody's got some dirt on the commissioner. <laughs> That's why they got a team. So Carolina made sense. I mean, you know, a market, you know. But Jacksonville was like, you guys suck. And they still suck. So anyhow. So I'm getting my Colompton feeling. So I'm going to record Colompton tonight. I ain't going to have shit to talk about. So he was like, so what are we talking about? I don't know. I got all my feelings out earlier today. <laughs> like, let's just drink this beer. Watch the game. Um, so I, I guess... It's weird how I do that transition from like, like I'm all across. I'm like, okay, so um, back to the show. Uh, I so as everything stands right now, um, with training, you're coaching, mm-hmm. um, you know, primarily Muay Thai. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what's that experience been like for you? Is like coming up and in, into that into that realm of um just the game like yeah learn it and then you know move it on to coaching um so it's definitely helped my uh competition i feel like um my training seeing maybe mistakes that i make and i don't realize it but i see it in my students um working with the adults and the kids has definitely been a cool experience the kids has been like like so rewarding like when i i promote like a white shirt to yellow shirt the adults like all right cool like congrats bro but, like when those kids get their new belt and like that like raw emotion, it's like it means something. They earned it. They we instilled that discipline in them early. Like I'm happy to have you know obviously all of our coaches, but Mahoney's a, a great kids coach, a great a teammate to be around. You know, yeah. Like I always tell him, it's like like I said when I started doing the private uh, lessons with him. It's like from the beginning, I was like, look. When I am ready to do this, I'm coming to you. This is not to, you know, downplay any other coaches. There's just always this feel of like how he approaches it, how he explains things. Yeah. Like there's he has a way of like keeping like the attention there. And and I know for me, I think he can tell like when I'm like, Okay, I don't feel I'm not so sure about this. Mm-hmm. That arm bar seems like there's too many steps there. And he's like, Okay, hold on, I got you. We can still get there from here, you know. Like, I think that's important with coaches, again, understanding, you know, your students and also just knowing how much this means to the students, like the kids getting promoted, you know, your strikers getting, you know, your new shirt, getting promoted there. It it means so much. And I always feel like, you know, I see it on Instagram a lot with some coaches. Well, not the coaches specifically, but you hear about gyms where it's like it's almost kind of like just a, eh, you know get promoted you know yeah just keep showing up and pay whereas like you know when your coaches really give a damn mm-hmm. like you can feel it they, you feel that they want to keep teaching you you know the next steps right and i feel like that we have like a good structure um obviously amongst all of our programs but definitely the striking program like i mean i've i've seen it firsthand i've i've been to other gyms and cross-trained and 
sparred guys who are, have X number of fights who honestly have no business being out there. Um, I've, I've seen, I've seen like the first day guys, they just, all right, welcome to the gym. We're going to beat the shit out of each other. Let's put some MMA gloves on, just duke it out. It's definitely for, I mean, that's all, I mean, it's all good. It's all experience. You need to do that at some point, but I feel like the way that we have it structured, the gym is like, you're hitting pads for a couple months. So you're learning how to throw a middle kick. You're learning how to throw your, your punches, how to do it correctly, safely, so that when you are at a sparring level or you're at a live drilling level, you're able to perform your techniques in a safe fashion and correctly, right? Yeah. That, that's so important. Is yeah, I went to one gym, the first gym I went to, and nice people. But it did like as a guy coming in for a trial, you're just kind of like throw him to the wolves. Mm -hmm. Like, like no, like hey, work over here with this person to kind of get your feet wet. It was like nope, just throw him in there. I'm gonna do King of the Hill today. Yeah, I know what the fuck that was. Which to even though I just like to counter my point I just made, again developmentally couldn't be the worst idea i mean obviously you're, you're letting this guy this new guy off the street spar with like your ufc fighter is probably a little dangerous but i mean i also wouldn't couldn't be the worst thing so that you can see like damn like that first day was whoa like i got the shit kicked out of me but then it's like a couple months later like okay i can hang and then okay now i'm getting these guys you know i do think there is a way of kind of separating i guess you know those who are there for it and those that may not be so sure because if you throw them into the water and like look you got to sink or swim yeah you know those that stick around for a couple months they're obviously swimming those that are like look i'm out after day one they're gonna sink uh for me at that gym it was just really a matter of it felt like all right i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> like mm -hmm. i like you know i watch a lot of mma but i don't know shit like and just in there getting mollywopped left and right. It, it was MMA class, so it wasn't even like a pure like jujitsu. So it was just like getting like just getting the shit kicked out. He was like, mm, okay, I'm not coming back here. Then I ended up landing in Arnold at Ivy League. It was like, okay, yeah, this is this is home. Yeah, I've heard good things about like the Ivy League program, and obviously that was before my time with you guys. But uh, yeah, oh, yeah, like Mark and I still kind of talk about it sometimes, like. There, there was a culture there that we had, and you know, '88 we have that you know similar culture. It's is bigger though because there's you know we have three schools, so you know you're gonna have kind of a bigger expansion of that. Whereas like at Ivy League it was one school, and we were kind of an extension of '88 uh, as well. Yeah, but it was like Ivy League guys were here, and '88 was there. You know, we we mingled, but it was like we're here. And there was something unique about that. But, you know, when you kind of spread it out now amongst these three gyms, mm -hmm. I think it's stronger because it's like you have kind of more resources to really turn to in, in, in a matter of, like, if I say, hey, um, I'll use yesterday's class as an example. You know, it was a small class. And, um, you know, Mahoney's there. He's running the class. And, you know, Mark showed up. Mm -hmm. And... You guys at Savannah Park. Yeah, yeah, okay. over at uh, Savannah Park. And, you know, you know, you have Mahoney who's running the class, but then you could turn to Mark to kind of help because, you know, we were doing lasso. Mm -hmm. It was like, okay, Mark's got some experience with this. This is kind of one of those go-to guards right now. So you can turn there. You can go back to Mahoney. You know, we had, you know, a couple other guys there too. But it's like, you know, you have your resources where you kind of bounce this all off of. And then 
you know, kind of take it back to Coach Keith at this point. Like, hey, you know, because, you know, Coach Keith is a lasso guy. Yeah. Like, you know, anytime I was doing the Wednesday class and we do anything lasso, it's like, okay, I know that I'm learning lasso from, like, the best of the best at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not, the, you know, you know, throwing anything towards, you know, Mahoney or Mark or anything. Yeah. Because, you know, what Mahoney's teaching us as well is, is fucking great. Uh, but every, everyone has their own, their thing, right? Yes. Um, but it's like we, we have, you know, so many different resources amongst our three gyms where it's like, dude, this is, you know, I, I think just such a a great time, you know, in the sport, but not just the sport, but like for our gym in itself, because yeah. we just have so much to offer. Yeah, I I definitely I say it I say it I say, I'll say it again. Like I I really believe that there's something special at that gym. Like I felt it from like when I first joined, coming from traditional martial arts. Like you know, Jao guy. Like there's we have a shrine. Like we we bow to your ancestors every day. You're like we have that hierarchy, obviously, like belts and ranks, but it's like in Jaogan, the Kung Fu gym, it was like, like Dante, you, you've been there longer than you're my big brother, even though, or even, even there were people who were younger than me that were like, and that's kind of like, like you know, Devin Riley, he's my, my upper, he's a purple belt, right? He's been in the game longer, um, but that family atmosphere, it's and we don't have a traditional, you know, style gym, but. I feel that family atmosphere that like that connection that you could you could really go to anybody in the gym like if you're having a bad day you can just have that support system behind you you know coaches teammates and and even in like the development side of it like you have like, our coaches leading from the front Sergio's like you know he's accomplished in his own right you know um like I think about when we uh when Ivy League became crazy 88 and then we started training more over myself personally started training more at elkridge Mm -hmm. because to me it was a new environment it was all brand new to me over there and i felt like oh my god like i don't i don't know these cats you know you know and then i started questioning myself as a blue belt i was like am i really a blue belt you know i trust my coach you know he he promoted me but you know i wasn't going to coach keith's class you know to you know you know, to kind of cut my teeth there. And coming into Elkridge, welcome with open arms. Yeah. It, it felt like, I, I think any uh, reservations I had was all in my own head with, with my anxiety. Mm-hmm. But no one ever gave me, you know, any issues. It was always like, you know, want to roll? Okay, cool. You know, don't, you know, you can't roll? Okay, no, no problem. Um, some people know about my stomach. I wear a colostomy bag. Some know. And those who knew, you know, were always kind of like aware of like, hey, is everything okay? Mm-hmm. Which is like, I wonder, like, thanks for, you know, checking on me. It was like, look, I signed a waiver. If I get that knee to the belly, yeah, knee on belly, uh, that's my responsibility to get the fuck out of there. But yeah. thank you for, you know, caring. But it, it was very, very much like, look, man, you're part of this too. Like, we're, we're not casting Severna Park out because you guys are the new guys over here. A lot of Severna Park, you know, or Ivy League was training at, uh, Elkridge anyway, like Epps, you know, specifically Sonia, you know, they were over there. Uh, I think Mark was transitioning over there a lot more. So it wasn't even like I was just another one of the cats coming over. It wasn't like, oh, this guy's new. It was like, no, nope, he's just, he's coming from Ivy League slash Severna Park. Come on in, join us. And, you know, 
that welcoming vibe mm-hmm. made me really feel like you know what yeah this is special because even when i think i went to one of ty's class on on friday love love ty's class like, ty's great <laughs> like, yeah. like it, and the thing is i think i've only bumped to him a couple times he, he greeted me like you know like we was old friends mm-hmm. i was like oh shit oh my god like that that feels right yeah he definitely cares and like it's like uh we were talking about we had like a coaches meeting like uh master julius is like if you're at coach size class like he's in the practice like yeah he, he's in like he's invested for sure and you can feel it that energy is crazy you know i the first time i went to that class i didn't know it was a 90 minute class and i went with mark and he was like oh come on it's gonna be good i love that like the warm-ups were like drills mm-hmm. they, you know like it wasn't like you know, this isn't a knock like, you know, you know, the line drills where we're doing forward rolls and backward rolls and shrimping down the mat. But it was like, look, we're going to be working on this. This is our warm up to these movements. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, cool. Uh, so that caught me off guard because I was like, oh, my God, I burned up all this energy just doing the warm up. And then at the end of the hour, I look and I was like, okay, it's time to go home. You know, we go home, take a shower, you know, quiet time with my family. Get your mouthpiece. Oh, no, time to roll. Yep. Yeah. Sparring time. I was like, I looked at Mark. I was like the fuck yeah like, oh no it was a 90 minute class I was like yeah you know should have told me that <laughs> and then and he tried to get me to roll with uh with uh timmy like he was like oh you should go roll with, roll with timmy i was like i just saw him and ty go like going hard i was like mm-hmm. nah i'm all right <laughs> like, yeah timmy's been doing his thing like the uh the wrestling yeah we we went to uh uh jeremy mark and i went out to uh, one of their events was it back in june i saw that i think i saw that you guys um, went like it, it was it was fun. It was, the, the fun part to me was like Mark hadn't been to a wrestling event, so it was like watching a kid for the first time getting this experience. Like, oh my god! Yeah, like, it, it was great. It's uh, it's funny. Like my um, when I was a kid, like my first, I guess you could say, introduction to, I mean, before Taekwondo stuff, but like WWE, I watched WWE as a kid, and like yeah. I was like, damn, like I want to be in the WWE. I want to be a WWE champ. You know, like that was my thing when I was a kid. And now it's uh. As an adult, UFC, I want to be a UFC champ, you know? The funny thing with uh, WWE is a lot of them train jiu-jitsu. Uh, yeah. You got, you, I mean, you got a few uh, MMA fighters. Like, not not the obvious ones like Brock and Ronda, but, you know, like Matt Riddle. Uh, he, he was with the UFC uh, for a little bit. I think he just got cut from WWE, I believe. But, um, uh, uh, fucking... Uh, there's a couple I can't remember the names off the top, but there's like a few MMA fighters that have transitioned um, over to WWE, and it's interesting to see that you know they they utilize MMA like or jujitsu specific moves as you know part of their finishers like Shayna Baszler, you know she's using jujitsu, Ronda Rousey obviously using the armbar. Um, Boston Crab, yeah, Boston Crab. Uh, <laughs> Undertaker used to do go-go plotters. Yeah, <laughs> like, like we didn't even know what the fuck that was. It was like, oh, it's the gates of hell. Like, nah, doggy, that's a that's an Oma plotter. Yeah, <laughs> like, or no, no, not an Oma. That's a go-go plotter. I'm sorry, not even an Oma plotter. But yeah, I think uh, Daniel Bryan was doing Oma plotters in his finisher. So yeah, it, it's kind of that thing now. You know, you see Timmy over there doing doing uh, the Maryland Championship wrestling. It's like, huh, you know, there is a way that does transition over. And, you know, good. Because, I mean, in, in you know, uh, jiu-jitsu is like, he's a black belt. He's done, you know, several super fights. You know, he, he's won championships. Yeah. So, it's like, you know, let's go on to the next venture in life. Let's yeah. see what this takes you to. So, 
Good for him and, you know, good for the growth. Yeah, it's always good to see him, like, when he comes back to the gym, too. I, I don't really know him that well personally, but obviously I know how accomplished he is. And he'll do the Muay Thai class, and, like, I see him in there sometimes. That's cool. Like, I, wanted, I was watching um, Muay Thai yesterday in, in class, like, before Jiu-Jitsu stepped on the mats at Serena Park. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, I should go back to this. You should, bro. Like, I did it a couple times. I clinked shins accidentally, and I was like, mm-mm. <laughs> I'd rather just get fucking guillotine, just it's, put to sleep. It's funny, like, I, I, tell, I tell my boys all the time, like, I come home from practice and all scratched up, bruised and stuff. They're like, damn, like, you were sparring? I was like, nah, bro, like, this black guy's from jiu-jitsu. Like, I feel like I get kicked and punched more in jiu-jitsu just on accident, you know, than when I'm striking. It, I think, like, the way that I grapple is more just smothering and pressure pass. I was like, you ain't hitting me today. Yeah. I'm going to put up. All 215 on you. Put that weight like, down. You got to carry me today. Uh-huh. Uh, I rolled with Mark yesterday. And, you know, he, he was cool about it. He was real, like, just, I love rolling with Mark because he knows I'm old and tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at me, he's like, we're going to take it easy. Yeah. I, Mark's a great guy, man. I uh, I got to know him a little bit more when uh, we went out to, what was that? I think we did finishers together or a Naga tournament somewhere, somewhere out in, like, Pennsylvania or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, lo- I love like traveling you know obviously that's a kind of comes nice with choosing this career path you know traveling a little bit it's nice to get out i've never been to atlantic city until adcc it was kind of like you know fake vegas <laughs> east coast vegas kind of deal um it, it tried it tried yeah it was nice we got the uh the haras uh the nice casino venue never been any casino besides maryland live so i mean expectations are kind of low <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, like like with the with my schedule changing now to what it is it's like I, I kept saying to myself now that i got weekends it's like competition i'm you know probably not gonna compete i don't know I'm, i might compete again i don't know but i definitely want to go to the competitions with the team and like just like you know be there like look you know just you know, support the team, cheer the team on. Yeah. It is like, I got to like look at the schedule because uh, it was, I think it was a competition last week and I was like, oh shit, Lugs was out there competing. I didn't even know. I would have gone. Yeah, yeah, bro. I felt like, I felt like a bad teammate. I was at the, I was at the Ravens game last Sunday and everyone's competing. I'm like, oh, they said in the, in the kids, the kids coach group chat, they're like, oh, who, what coaches are going out? I was like, I'm going to be at the game. <laughs> I got uh, an engagement. Okay. Really? What is it? Um, just, you know, um, a thing it's a recreational thing with the family with like, lj8 baby <laughs> like well okay what family uh, my cousin lamar <laughs> you got a cousin named lamar yeah you, you definitely have a cousin named lamar <laughs> he's from uh, louisville <laughs> like okay that's weird. we never knew that <laughs> they see you on the on, on the fucking big screen <laughs> they're like the fuck <laughs> uh but yeah i mean you know that's that's the beauty of it it's like you know, being a teammate, being a coach and, and caring about your team, you know, every so often you got to have your, your moment as well. Yeah. But, and that's kind of finding that balance because, you know, as an athlete, you want to, you want to be selfish, you know, you have to prioritize your recovery, your training as a coach, you're selfless, you know, you have to put these guys first and find that balance. I think it's, it's definitely helpful coming up under Sebastian and, you know, um, knowing his expectations like how kind of how it's run how he wants things to be run so like when like even like today he out of town i covered his class this morning um 
I was telling him, I was like, look, like, we're not fucking around. Like, you know how we're supposed to do things, whether he's here or not. So, like, we're going to get in, we're going to get out, we're going to get this work, and y'all can enjoy the rest of your Sunday, do whatever you want to do, you know? No substitute teacher. <laughs> no role in the, the TV. I'm like, all right, we're watching a movie today, class. Nope. <laughs> like, nah. Nope, like, not today. <laughs> get your hands wrapped. Yeah. <laughs> like, get I, out here. I think also, like, going back to the coaching thing, again, like, coming up in the system, um, going from being able to relate, like, I was, I tell them all the time, I was like, look, like, I was, I was your, I was you, like, I was a white shirt, I was day one, didn't know what was going on, and, like, now look at me, like, this could be you if you, like, if you just go all in, like, every day, twice a day, just, yep. it can, anything's possible, man. Yeah, that's something that I always try to remind myself of, like, with doing anything. Everyone started off as a white belt. Yeah, all of our coaches were white belts, too, you know. And, and also everyone's path is different. Yeah. It's like, I always kind of kick myself sometimes. It's like, man, you've been a blue belt for a long ass time. And it's like, yeah, but looking at, you know, how I train, it's like, okay, well, I'm not training. Like, I'm not even training in a way where it's like, okay, I'm going for purple. Yeah. You know, I'm just training really to make sure, like, I'm grasping what I'm doing. And that's that, that's fine. Yeah. You know, whereas, you know, you might have, like, Epps. Uh, we ran into each other. Was it back in the spring? He, he goes, "Hey man, you gotta get your purple belt before I get my brown belt." Then when I saw the picture, he got his brown belt. I was like, "Fuck, I can't see him for a while because <laughs> he will not let me forget what he said." Um, but then I did see him like two weeks after. In my first, one, I was like, "I want to roll with you." We came up together. Then he armbarred me. I was like, fuck. Yeah, I mean, bro, and I've had that too. I mean, obviously, like, not making any excuses for myself, but injuries, time off and stuff. You know, I've seen I've seen people come up, raise ranks above me. I've seen people fall off, like, even in my short time of training. And I always just, you know, adopt that growth mindset. And mm -hmm. comparison's the thief of joy, you know? So, I mean, honestly, as long as the team's doing good, I'm doing good, then everything's all good, you know? I think a big part too is how you handle that adversity with like, like, so with the injuries specifically, you came back from it. You didn't let the injury define you. You just let the injury be part of the story. Said, this is just a chapter. I'm moving on. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, okay, this is who I am now. Fuck my UCL is torn. This is just what it is. Yeah. And I'm going to live with it. No, you know, like, no, we're going to get this thing strong. Like I, I had a plan. I'm not letting this steal my plan. So good for you. Thank you. Um, so let's go ahead and wrap up here. All right. I've been going for a minute, my friend. But thank you for doing this again. And I would love to have you back on. Cause, yeah. Like that's one of those big things about this is like once you get talking, get that flow. It's like oh my god, like like we kicking it now. Yeah, like, man. I was I was definitely excited for the opportunity. Like I watched a lot of Joe Rogan and stuff. So I was like, dude, like again trying to get into the podcast space and like different definitely. media stuff. Thank you again for the opportunity, bro. Absolutely. Thank you again. And I mean, shit, don't don't count out making your own. I mean, I know you got a full plate, but you know, I'm thinking about. It, I know I know a guy can help me get started. <laughs> You know, it's it's like people think like, oh my god, it's so expensive and it's all like it's not. Trust me, it's not. Yeah, it's like as a matter of fact, I, I know somebody that might have some extra gear. I don't know. Yeah, I have friends who you know make a little bit of music and stuff, so I'm familiar with like okay. the Mac, you know, audio stuff, interface stuff. That's huge. Walking in with that knowledge is huge because I came in, I didn't know shit, and I was just like, mm? <laughs> that sounds okay. 
that doesn't sound okay. And then I was like, shit, I don't know how to convert this. I was like, why are you doing it that way? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I just, I don't know. And they're like, do it this way. Okay, cool. Right. So um, definitely don't count out, you know, starting it up yourself as well. I mean, you've got tons of knowledge and just wisdom, you know, to, to share with others. And, and, you know, I think that's huge. So, you know, keep at what you're doing and, you know, on to the next chapter. Thank you for doing this. Before we get out of here, though, you got any shout outs, mentions you want to drop? Oh, yeah. Um, shout out uh, Coach Cody, Coach Campanero, my strength coaches, uh, Sean Herlon, my uh, physical therapist. Those guys got me right for, you know, my competition. Um, uh, obviously, all my coaches are Crazy 88, Coach Sebastian. Uh, teach me all all I know about Muay Thai. Um, yeah, uh, all my friends, my family, love you guys. Thank you guys for supporting me on this journey. All right, all right. And as always, thank you, everybody. We do appreciate you and just all the support from everyone listening, everyone that's just reposted the podcast. Thank you for that, too. Do appreciate that. If y'all have any questions, concerns, criticisms, always feel free to reach out to me. You can find me at bjj.wiki on Instagram or off the mats podcast on Instagram. Uh, you got any questions, concerns, shoot me, shoot me a DM there. You can email me too. I'm not going to check it, but you can still shoot me an email. I'll find it eventually, but it's just, that's, I get scammers and I get scared. Um, but yeah, if, if you want to be on, just reach out. Just like, hey man, let's talk and we will talk. Um, I want to give a big shout out to my crew over at Nerd Rage Radio. Bobby, Chris, Joe, you, you guys know. I, I shout them out all the time. Marilyn Phil, Ricky Ticky, all those guys. If it wasn't for Nerd Rage Radio, I would not be doing podcasting. So I always want to shout them out because that's how I started with them. And then I had to venture on to my own thing because, you know, sometimes my ideas got a little too radical. Um, also want to give a shout out to my friend BJJ Mama. Uh, she also has an account where she helps with social media content and growth called uh, Social Media Strategies That Work on Instagram. So go check it out. And then last shout I want to drop is uh, from my other podcast, So You Like Horror. If y'all like scary movies and stuff like that, go check it out. Uh, with Halloween coming up tomorrow, technically, when you all may hear this, we have an episode coming out on Halloween for So You Like Horror. Basically talk about Rob Zombie's Halloween. So if you're into that kind of thing, you're curious, go ahead and listen. I know people have some, you know, big feelings about Rob Zombie's take on Halloween. So go listen to our big feelings as well. And also shout out to Mr. Eli Adams. Thank you for doing this. And um, there will be uh, a link to go find him on social media. If you'd like to go check out uh, content and just follow his journey because just talking with him here, you know, you can see this, this guy, it, he's growing, he's moving forward. So go follow the journey. Uh, thank you for doing this. And again, big shout out. So love you all. Thank you. Thank you so much. You guys keep listening. We're going to keep making these shows. Thank you again. Now let me see his song.